Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to be on the Strictly Anonymous Podcast, you can call in, share your naughty secret story, life, confession, whatever you want to call it. While remaining anonymous on my show, uh, all you got to do is send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or just follow me at strict anonymous on Instagram or Twitter at strict anonymous and DM me there. I have people on who talk about their naughty secret lives, people who are just looking for you know, advice, also people who want to confess something or maybe just talk about an interesting life that you have. Anyway, if you are listening on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe to my show, hit five stars if you love my show and write a review. I read all the reviews. I love the good ones. Uh, I got a couple recently, so I think people are listening to me. Buyers fan. I never could read these fucking words and names, fake names of people of buyer stand. Thank you so much. Tiki Tuesday, Robert Angelini, Big Daddy, all these fucking people. Thank you for leaving your kind reviews. I read them all. I love them. So there you go. <laughs> uh, today I have on a guy named Scott. Now, when Scott emailed me, I was super excited because he is a gay dom who services tons of straight guys. He's been servicing straight guys and getting straight guys to do what he fucking wants since high school. Okay. And now there's like a lot of married guys in there and they were married guys in high school. How did that happen? Where did he meet these guys? You got to hear his whole story. He's got such an interesting perspective uh, because, you know, typically I'm talking to the married guy who's sucking dick on the side. Uh, this is the gay guy who that married guy is going to. And he's more specific than that in that he is a true dom. He has that all set up. He started to, you know, be a dom when he was younger, not really on purpose. But, you know, when he realized that's what he really liked and that's what worked for him. He, that's what he became and that's what who he is now. And he talks about all of his experiences, the progression from, you know, the high school kid who is getting the straight guys to blow him <laughs> to coming out in college and then, you know, seeing even more married men and guys on the side and what he did with them exactly. And then how, when he, you know, got into his 30s and he made it like a real thing and how he meets them now and how many he has in rotation and how you go about finding him. He does give a shout out at the end 
to his email. I think he's a super interesting guy. You're going to feel the same after you hear this episode. And I asked him to give a shout out and give his email because I feel like a lot of people who are going to find this episode because maybe they secretly like to blow guys and they're married or they want to be a dom or some sort of version of that. You know, for those people, they're going to want to talk to him because uh, he's just that guy. Because like I said, he's smart. He knows what's going on. He understands that guy and he offers a lot of advice. So it's a great episode filled with a lot of different things. It's something new, like I said, that I haven't uh, heard of before. His perspective is great. If you want to contact him, wait to the end because he's going to leave his email. All the links to everything, like how to sign up for my show, how to uh, contact, uh, how to sign up for my Patreon, all that kind of stuff is in the description. I'm going to get right back to it and be right on with Scott. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for writing in. I always love when I get somebody who sends me an email about something that I've never had on my show before. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do now because I have almost <laughs> yeah. 500 episodes. I've been doing my show for so long. Yeah. Are there a lot of homosexual doms out there? I've heard from heterosexual ones many times. Yeah, I mean, in my experience, there are quite a few. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to call in. Yeah. There's a whole BDSM community, obviously, within the gay culture. You've got leather and you've got all sorts of kinks and things like that. So, you know, I think it's a pretty healthy and pretty kinky BDSM community within, you know, quote unquote, gay community. But the reason I called in particularly is because I started listening to your show about six months ago and was really, I obviously really enjoy it. But I noticed I hear a lot on your show from submissive straight men or straight men, quote unquote, straight men who are into, you know, being, getting their, uh, sucking dick or getting fucked or things mm -hmm. like that and i realized i'd never really heard from the other perspective of maybe a man who's you know gay and dom uh and dominant and maybe has a particular kink with sort of using straight men oh i didn't even know that there was that like that is a specific kink yeah you are the guy yeah. that all these guys that are calling in and talking about <laughs> secretly going and hooking up with it's scott guys it's this guy right here <laughs> <laughs> well, me or somebody like me, right? Like, and yeah. I, I thought it'd be an interesting perspective to yeah. to the balance out what you hear on the other side. Yeah, totally. So now I know you started very young. Like, how you know? I mean, why don't you start your story? Yeah, starts in high school. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It, yeah, it's funny because I grew up, you know, in the 90s. I'm, I'm in, you know, in my late 30s at this point. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I clearly remember getting like a Newsweek magazine. This is how, you know, 90s I was that was talking about the rise of Internet porn. Mm -hmm. And there was like on one picture, there was like a picture of a female porn star and a male porn star. And I just tried, to, I remember like trying to look at the woman and just kept looking at the guy oh, <laughs> and yeah. use that to jerk off to for like God months. And I finally convinced my family to go ahead and get and the internet because I'm that type of a 90s kid, right? Like we didn't have the internet first. <laughs> we had, oh, I had to convince yeah. my parents, uh -huh. <laughs> the parents to get it. And I mean, to this day, I don't think they know that I specifically did it so that I could look at porn. And it's all Newsweek's fault, <laughs> you know? I mean, I would know um, that now at my, well, no, I would think video <laughs> games or porn, you know, one or the other. <laughs> I don't think video back then the video games were a little hard on the internet. Yeah, Porn you're was right, a little bit easier, right, even though you have to wait for it to sort of download. So 
so yeah and you know when you get that ALL packet this was like the wild wild west back then so you had the ALL chat rooms and you could talk to people and I grew up in a pretty hyper masculine environment just in terms of like I was in a close-knit sports community so I kind of always had this like ideal of a particular type of guy right I knew I was gay I was comfortable with that but I always kind of liked the straight guy right that was sort of my ideal norm of of a guy so I would spend time on on the internet finding guys sometimes finding you know I looked like when I was younger like 15 or 16 I looked like I was 19 or 20 mm -hmm. so I could find you know older married guys who would be willing to please me who would service so you know and it was funny because I grew up in a in a house where you could basically see straight from the front door to the back door right so there were times where like my mom would be pulling into the garage in the back door and I'm kicking out some guy in his 30s from the front door because he had just finished blowing me oh, wow. <laughs> and so I did that whole so you were even finding it wasn't just I was thinking like you're just you know finding other high school guys that you know are doing something on no. the DL but you're even at that young age finding older men married men yeah how yeah. did you go about yeah, I mean, finding I those guys oh AOL chat I mean it oh, was like right. I said it was the wild wild west of the internet back right. then you know mm -hmm. and so and again I presented myself as being so they weren't it's not like these guys were seeking underage guys I just presented myself as being 18 or over and there was yeah, like yeah, no yeah. verification. Right. You know, at that point, you weren't saying you're so, this young guy, so that you know you get no, pedophiles. No, all, no. I mean, way, right? I, I could have easily walked into a bar at 14 and probably not have gotten carded. You know, like right. I just okay. kind of looked older. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's I don't I don't want to paint this as a picture of these guys doing anything you know bad. So I would do that through high school, uh, and, and we had this couch, and I I still joke about this with my brother, where I we basically I finished hooking up with this guy, and there was a a wet stain on the couch and I flipped it over because mm -hmm. I didn't want my parents to see it and there was another wet stain from where my brother was hooking up with girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> <And> so funny. <laughs> I remember calling him when he was in college and I was like, yeah, he, I wasn't out to him but I was basically like, you screwed me. What am I yeah. going to do with stains on both sides of the couch? Yeah, uh, he got there first. Fucking <laughs> so, ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you dumbass. From there, and, you know, high school, I did experiment with some of the uh, guys in high school. Like, there was this one guy who was the sort of typical dumb jock. I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful body, but was not the smartest guy in the face of the planet. And we sort of aligned where, like, and, you know, he was a great, sweet guy, but yeah. it was what it was. And we sort of hit this day where I was late to practice, and he was leaving practice early, and we were just sort of chilling in the locker room. And I remember he had these, like, gorgeous black Calvin uh, briefs on and I just went for it and I just started asking him like you know have you ever done this have you ever done that and you know we blew each other right then and there uh, oh my goodness the <laughs> that's like a porn yeah. that's like a porn scenario yeah. right like a hot jock and you know but wait what <laughs> yeah. did you say to him like when you start asking him like about like sex questions like do you have you ever hooked up with a man like that, that eventually led to that those kind of questioning yeah, you know, you start with it because you're like 16, right? Yeah. So it's like, have you had a hand job? Have you had a blow job? You know, was it with a girl? You know, and I don't remember the exact details. And I think, you know, for the longest time, the fantasy was that I was like, quote unquote, seducing these guys. But the truth of the matter is they, you know, they were active participants. Everything was consensual. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. But the fantasy was like that I was being the one who was like, hey, have you done these things? And so... We ended up doing a lot. It was nice. It was good. And at that time, I, I don't wouldn't classify myself as a dominant. I was definitely the aggressor, and that I was probably always the one starting the conversation. But yeah, I don't. You know, it wasn't. We were. I was still figuring out who I was at that point sexually. You know. Let me ask you a question about that hot jock. Was it a one-time yeah. thing, or did you were you guys like hooking up then afterwards all the time? 
so we hooked up for a little bit uh, and eventually stopped because, I, you know, I, I think that he was probably just experimenting and he realized it just wasn't for him. Yeah. So we stopped, but we did quite a bit. Like, I remember, for, I forget, I tried to fuck him once without lube because I didn't know what lube was oh, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Nor did I have access to it. Like, there was nowhere I could go and, like, just go into a CVS yeah. and buy lube. And that did not work out well. But, you know, most of that happened in the area where we used to, you know, either the locker room or the facility where we were uh, practicing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, these things go down. Yeah. yeah. In high school. All the time. Yeah. But it was, like, my sort of first taste of, like, oh, I can get someone to do something I want, right? And again, that's a little bit of a fantasy on my part because he obviously wanted it as well. And as soon as he didn't, we stopped. But, you know, in my head, it was like, oh, I can convince these straight guys to do these things that they wouldn't normally want to do, quote unquote. So that was kind of high school. I did that with like one other guy on my team. That was mostly just us getting drunk and high and having the same basic conversation. But he was a really good friend. And that was the first rule I learned is never do this with your friends because it basically ruined our friendship. Really? Why did he get freaked out about like what he did afterwards and then couldn't look you in the face? Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as much as I enjoyed being able to convince him to do something, quote unquote, you know, I think it was the first lesson I learned is to never like, you know, do this for people that you actually consider a friend, you know? Right. Don't shit where you eat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's a really good, a really good point. So, you know, at that point, still started figuring things out. Like I didn't, again, I wouldn't say I became like a dom, quote unquote, until my late 20s. But at this point, it was definitely this sort of like, oh, I can seduce straight guys. Right. (laughs) Right. Like I can, I can have the jock. I can make that happen if I, if I work hard enough. So I love the jock, by the way, the hot jock is my type too. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to complain. And later in my life, when I hit my thirties, I became that sort of Dom daddy. So I was getting the hot jock just on the other end, right? The college kid, yeah. the athlete or dancer, <laughs> you know, in his like mid twenties. And so we can get to that later, but mm-hmm. you know, there's something to be said about someone who takes care of their body. Nothing yeah. wrong about that. So yeah, we did that. ALL was sort of my thing through most of high school. You know, I've even, I've had situations where I had one guy who was like blowing me forever and he like offered me a hundred bucks the first time. And I was like, no, like this is not about, like, I, I don't, I respect sex work. Wait, did he approach you or was he one of your guys? We hooked up a few times and he started to get like really needy about it. So sort of like, Hey, like, Hey, can you, are you free? Are you free? And you know, he offered me a hundred bucks. And it kind of, again, I didn't take it. And I don't have anything against sex workers. It's not that. It just wasn't where my head was at the time. But I just remember being like, oh, this is like a step above. Like, not only can I seduce these guys, but I can get them to do things for me if I find sort of the right guy who's sort of submissive enough or willing to, you know, make that effort. Right. Pay you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, I've, you know, never really dabbled into like, there's a whole world of like financial domination, especially on Twitter. I've never really dabbled in that. But, you know, there was just another click in my head of like, oh, there are guys out there who are willing to do a lot if told, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that and and then you just keep finding out that all that all of this stuff just keeps validating that that's like your thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, I didn't have words for it at the time, yeah. you know, but I knew I could convince somebody to do something. And that's not just like, oh, we're having mutual sex. But also there are guys out there who might be willing to do other things for me if I can convince them appropriately. So and again, I use the word convince very loosely because this was all consensual. Right. Everybody yeah. was, you know, fully aware of what they were doing. But yeah, that was high school. And it was <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I had a lot of fun in high school, probably too much. <laughs> but it was that time where you could go 
the only LL chat room. And then it was like, you know, it makes Craigslist look almost, you know, childlike how easy it was to get laid in the 90s on the LL chat room. What about in high school? I mean, because, you know, people talk and stuff like was it like word on the street? Scott is the guy to go for some gay sex if you want some. Or was it were you able to fly under the radar? It never happened. I don't know if people were talking about me, but I never heard any of it. I was pretty closeted in uh, high school. Yeah, and I bet you um, that all the guys were like, too, right? Yeah, so most yeah. people, I guess, maybe wouldn't want it to get out, so they'd keep it. And so probably there were so many guys sitting around hanging out with each other, and they all blew you, and no one ever fucking knew about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. There was at least a handful. But I also went to a school that was pretty liberal, so they were definitely out and proud gay men. And in some ways, I really envied them. Like, I just didn't have the guts to be out in high school mm-hmm. the way that they did. I didn't come out until college. So, you know, like, if you were someone looking for an easy target, there were other men who were uh, more right. identifiable. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, it never happened. Like I never had, a, I mean, it's a fantasy, right? Of someone walking up to you and going, hey, I heard you have a great dick. I would like to suck it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it never happened. But, but yeah, that was high school. I think it would be a little safer. I think if like you're a guy that wants to, you know, maybe a straight guy that just wants to see what it's like. You know, I think it'd be a little bit safer to go with the guy who's, you know, not out and proud than the guy that is. Because maybe, you know, that guy also like you has the same need to keep it under wraps than the guy that's not. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the logic of some of these guys. But I think, honestly, when you get into the realm, like, I think there are guys who are just in the gay set or gay sex, right? Mm-hmm. They might be bisexual or mm-hmm. heteroflexible. And for them, I think it's probably a little bit different because it's a little more transactional. Yeah. But when you get into sort of like the need to submit, right? When you're one of those straight guys who might present like, you know, I've dominated CEOs, I've dominated mm-hmm. athletes, Marines, right? Like when you're that type of guy, mm-hmm. I think it's less about are they out or not and more about can they dominate me in the way that I want to be dominated, right? right? Can mm-hmm. they exert that control over me? And so, you know, I have seen some very quote unquote feminine men who are dominant control some of the most masculine men you've ever seen just because they have that attitude, right? And they yeah. can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you so, developed yeah. in high school. And now when you're, t- now you leave high school and when does it become like, or just, just tell me the next steps, like the next part of the story. Yeah. So again, I don't think I ever really like identified as a dominant in college, mm-hmm. but continued sort of like the same patterns. There was definitely like, you know, I went to a very large school and there was a great huge old locker room that was known for cruising. And that's kind of when I started to really get into the psychology of these guys because these were like guys who, you know, were married and have kids. And this was like, they would go to the gym and then they would be in the shower sucking. And like, I would like talk to these guys and they would just talk about their hunger for it, their need to service. And that's when I really started to recognize that there's like a whole group of people out there who, you know, some being submissive is really is, is pleasurable for them, not just in the act of sucking a dick or getting right. off. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's a surf. That is when I went from like, oh, I have the ability to convince people to do things to, oh, there are people out there who are actively looking for this type of right. relationship. So, you know, did a lot of the typical college shit. So moved away from ALL, but, to, you know, was doing the cruising in the locker room. There was a, I don't forget, there There was a wrestler. They were redoing the wrestling locker room, so they were using the main locker room, and there was this this wrestler, and I, I just never forget how nervous he was to actually get on his knees and actually suck a dick. Mm-hmm. But once he did, it was like, I mean, it was like every week, like clockwork, he was there ready to, <laughs> ready to be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And, you know, uh, you know, it was one of the things you like to see him about on campus with his girlfriend and you would just nod and, and keep it moving. So, yeah, that was college. You know, I had a, a really great experience. There was this one guy who, you know, wasn't quite a college Republican, but might as well been just sort of fit that sort of mold. And I'll never forget that we started doing a lot of kinky things together. And he was the one who introduced me to things like piss play and things like so. Piss he, play? Yeah, piss mm-hmm, play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like he wanted to piss on a guy, and I was like, "Well, I'm I'm not gonna be the guy you get to piss on. Like that's not gonna happen." Yeah. So he founds a guy for us to piss on. We go over to his place. We're hanging out. We're doing, you know, I think he was like blowing us both, and then finally gets to the time where we need to piss, and it took me a while. Like I had never pissed on another human before. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I start pissing <laughs> on this guy, and the other guy freaks out and runs <laughs> away, and I'm like, "Wait, you invited me here?" Yeah, it <laughs> right? was his. The guy who, it was his idea that wanted to do it. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, he, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't piss on the other guy. And I have a story about how that guy comes back around in my life in my mid twenties when I actually end up working with his wife and didn't know it until like a Christmas, uh, <laughs> a Christmas. Oh uh, my God! No way. Yeah. And the crazy part about it is she had a ter- she had an illness. It wasn't terminal, but it was pretty bad. And like I didn't work with her directly. She worked in another department. So you kind of always knew like Susie had this illness and that's such a shame. And then like leading up to the Christmas party, everyone was talking about it. And then in the Christmas party, walked in this guy I used to fuck in college. And, you know, all I could think about is him not being able to piss on this other dude. <laughs> while we were in college, <laughs> you know. Did he pretend like yeah. he didn't know you? Did you guys talk? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was one of those things where, like, we knew of each other in college, but we didn't have a reason to be like, oh, hey, we went to Penn, yeah. uh, you know, we went there together, you know. But, yeah, that was college. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. And, you know, again, I still don't think I really sort of understood what it was to be dominant at that point. I was still sort of figuring all of that out. There was definitely a group of guys both married and college-age guys who, you know, they they enjoyed servicing other men, and I enjoyed having them service me. And so that kind of happened through most of college. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Sorry. No, now, can't. throughout this whole time, are you ever having any kind of relationships with guys? Yeah, so I came out in, like, later in college, and mm-hmm. I did have relationships with, like, so, like, it took me a while to get to a place where I was comfortable having sort of relationships with guys. And so I would start, I started those probably right after college. You know, I would date casually, but nothing sort of long-term or serious. Yeah. But yeah, I was dating guys at the tail end of college and and throughout uh, my mid twenties. Yeah. But I wonder like with a guy like you, who this does become, you know, something that sticks with you. Like, is it something that you, is it this, do you play that same role in a relationship as well? 
that's a really great point. It took me a very long time to sort of figure that out. And I mm-hmm. think the answer is it depends. I think that I don't think there's like a one person for everyone, right? I think yeah, you like round people yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, could you know, if I'm gonna be in a I'm single now, but if I'm gonna be in a long term relationship, this BDSM stuff is gonna have to play a role in my life. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to play a role with my primary partner, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't have to be into it. They just have to be okay with me doing it being into it with other people. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I think you can, those rules are a little more flexible when you're gay. Like, <laughs> you can sort of make up the rules as you go along. So, you know, like, ideally, I would love to find a primary partner who's submissive, but it's not necessarily something I need to have in my life as long as they're okay with me having other outlets. You know? Right, right, right. Okay, interesting. Okay, go on. So now you're out of college. Yeah, working. You know, Craigslist is big at this point. So that's when we start to get a lot of, like, just, you know, easy access to married guys. And it goes from, I think then it goes from less like mutual sexual pleasure to them just like servicing me, right? And, and them existing in my life for that. Mm-hmm. And then you start to get into these guys who are like into humiliation, into, yeah. you know, really rough, you know, face fucking and all of those types of things that, you know, they then go back to their wives and, and kiss them. And, you know, that's know. kind of like a hot, <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie, it's a hot scenario in my yeah. head, right? I won't yeah. apologize for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, I start to meet a bunch of guys who are like, no, I want it harder. I want it rougher. Like, I want you to spit on me. I want you to call me all the bad words. And that's, that becomes really hot for me, like, to know that you can exert that power, at least in that hour or two with that person, mm-hmm. that you can exert that power. And it's a total exchange, right? Like, you know, all BDSM is high varsity level role play, right? <laughs> so, you know, they're giving you that control and they can take it back at any point in time. But, you know, it's it's pretty hot. And that's when it starts to be like, oh, there's a CEO of this company who likes to be humiliated to the point where he cries. And that's what we do. Like, we don't do anything sexual we just do that i just call him all sorts of horrible names wow. and call him how pathetic he is no <laughs> yeah. way and then he, yeah and then he cries like like that's the type of stuff that starts to happen in my 20s wow you know um, i have a lot of guy friends that have been like sort of you know alpha made you know and i'm so rude yeah. to those kind of guys because it's like you know just, oh, yeah. and they love me and they're like my best friends and it's probably because i abuse them and they love it <laughs> to a certain extent yeah i mean look yes. i don't think it works on all of them, but there's definitely a group <laughs> of guys who are out there in these high powerful jobs yeah. that are playing a role, right? Mm-hmm. And who they are really is a submissive. The role they play is for the rest of the world, right. right? And if they had, you know, another way out, maybe they wouldn't be that person mm-hmm. to the rest of the world. But, you know, society is what it does and it does what it does to us. So they think that's how they have to act. But there's a lot of guys, and I don't like the idea of like alpha versus beta. Yeah. You know, it's kind of toxic bullshit but uh-huh. there are a lot of guys out there who think they have to be the alpha when really they want to be the beta right you know? so wait so you would have like a ceo contact you now were you like putting craigslist ads out and they were finding you i mean how did you wind up with this guy who just wanted you to humiliate him over the phone or in person i mean how does that yeah. scenario go down I mean, so there's Craigslist, and yes, there was stuff that was going, uh, I was putting out there and getting responses, and then there were guys who were putting their own stuff out there. That you were finding, Um, yeah. Yeah, there used to be a site called Collar Me, which was a pretty good BDSM site until it got a little crazy, and I would find guys there. Um, and it's always a very specific type of guy of like, I'm not gay, right? I'm not gay. I just, I, I, either like, I really like dick. And I think, yeah. I think there's something to be said, right? Yeah. About that. A guy who like, likes cock or, or I just, 
and this is, I think, a little harder for people to understand, it's because they're straight that the humiliation is, is better for them. Right. Interesting. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because like, in their normal life, they wouldn't be attracted to a man. But now they're servicing a man, and there's that sort of that, that disconnect between what they actually want and what they think they deserve as a sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, there, I mean, there's all sorts. There is no one sort of archetype here. There's just a bunch. What is funny is that because men are all egotists, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I'll like be telling them about themselves just based on my past experiences. And they're like, how do you get me so well? And I'm like, well, because all dudes are just fucking dudes. Like something women have figured out a long time ago. We're not the smartest. complicated. Yeah. So what I think is so interesting is they all think that they're the only one that like has these feelings or has sure. these concerns. And I'm yeah. like, no, I talked to a dude last week who was into the same exact thing you were into. But I think that that's so, great for people like that to know, I think, on some level, you yeah. know, and that's what the Internet yeah. did really help people. And I even my show, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get Agreed. people saying like, oh, my God, thank so much for that episode. Like, I could totally relate. And it's probably a lot of these people are not people are, you know, they're not telling anybody about this stuff. So they do exactly. have that need. So you come into the picture and you like, you know, you're here to say they all exist. Yeah. You've seen many of them. Yeah. And the trick becomes getting them to admit that and then submit, right? Getting them to serve after they get past the idea of like, you're not a bad human being. This is just a part of your life you need to embrace. Mm-hmm. Now let's embrace it. Let's have some fun, you know? Right. And I do use your show. Like I will send your, some of your episodes to people and be like, listen, like this guy, he's exactly explaining what you were explaining to me last night. Oh, I you know? love that. <laughs> right? Now you're, now, yeah, and now and you're going to be able to give them this episode. Here, this is, you want to know more about me? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. You don't yeah. even, I don't even need to like write anything. You can yeah. just listen to this. Yeah. So, like I think in my like late twenties is really when I really started to get into my role as like a dom. So like mm-hmm. I think before that it was like, yeah, I'm the aggressor. Yeah, I'm the top. Yeah. You know, I might you know be forceful, but it wasn't until my late twenties that I really sort of embraced my role of like there are men out there who like to submit. I can play a role in their lives, for, you know, as their dominant. And I really love playing with the perception between like what they look like to the rest of the world and who they are on the inside and so like a good example of that is there was this former college athlete that i was talking to and he was you know really sort of a little confused we were both in our like mid-20s at this point and then we talked for months we finally decided to meet up and we talked about what the scenario would be but basically we went to a bar we got uh we got drunk he couldn't talk to anybody but me so it made it really awkward when like the person would come over and like want to order drinks or something like that and here's this guy who looks like a greek god mm-hmm. you know sitting there submissively docilely you know at the table you know as we're talking and i like hand him a dildo and some lube and i tell him to go into the bathroom and put it in um and so he does and then he comes out and we're drinking some more and then we had there's a leather bar which is a gay bar a gay sort of um, kinky bar not too far from this other bar and we end up going there he'd never been to a gay bar before He's got a dildo in his ass, and then, you know, I make him strip to his underwear and walk around, because it's the type of bar where you can do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fully, <laughs> fully. Expected. I know, like, I know, um, yeah. You know, and, you know, the entire time, I mean, he had that dildo in his ass for at least two to three hours. Wow. At some point, I, I like, you know, don't let him drink uh, regular beer anymore. I'm just pissing into his glass and making him drink that. He had never done piss before. And it was hot. Like, he really, really enjoyed it. I mean, he had to process it, but he yeah. really enjoyed it afterwards. It was an intense experience, probably one of my most intense ones. But uh, 
you know, just that, that, that play of like, this is who you present to the world versus I know who you really are, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know what's in your beer bottle. Like that started to really turn me on in my late twenties. And it, and it's like, do you find that it's like a release for them? Is that what it is that they need to do that and come to you like that? Cause it's that mask that they're wearing is just so such a burden. Yeah. I mean, hopefully sex is a release for everyone. Right. Yeah. But I do think that, but this is more um, than I'm, sex. It's like a whole, this is true. right. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I do, and I, you know, and sometimes you'll you'll see them cycle in and out of. You know, there are guys who are like all about it for a couple of months, and mm-hmm. then they sort of step away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the thing that I always sort of preach to them is like, look, this is probably not going away. You've been thinking about this for how many years, right? You're acting on it now. You act on it every couple of years. Like, what you need to do is figure out a way to work this into your life in a way that is sane and you know um, acceptable to you, and yeah. so that you're not like getting to a point where you're so pent up, you're ask, you're acting out of risk right. and just doing d- dumb or dangerous things. Cause you get those guys who like yeah. will go a year without sucking a dick. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, sucking every dick that they can find for two weeks and then they stop. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Suck as many dicks as you want, but it doesn't seem like it's a healthy pattern for you. Like there's gotta be a better way to work this into your life, you know, in a, in a more sane way. Right. Because what you resist persists. So if you're just putting it, you know, saying exactly. I'm not going to do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then you, it's still there. It's not fucking going yeah. anywhere. And then, like you said, you do the two weeks of it. It's like maybe you could, like you said, funnel it out in a more moderate way, healthy way, something more even. So. Yeah. Sorry, I keep cutting you off and I really shouldn't because this is like you could probably no, just you're run fine. this I love whole these thing. Questions. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's interesting because I, you know, I think what happens with me sometimes now I could not interrupt a lot of people a lot of times, but I've never spoken to somebody with this exact topic. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm always like I literally do my show because I'm just naturally curious. I never have any questions written down. So I'm actually yeah. want to know all these things. So that's why I interrupted. I feel like I'm interrupting you more than usual. Because I've just, you know, you're so specific and I have never had this topic. And I think it's really interesting because like you said, I I typically am talking to the person on the other side. So, Mm -hmm. so anyway, keep going with your story. No, no. I mean, and so I mean, we, the end of that story is we just went back to my place and talked. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the, uh, the dildo in his ass. That guy's yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but I think that you know, and I, I want to say like it's not that at this like it's not that this is all I do, right? Like I yeah. definitely have relationships with gay men, and and it, I will be honest, like it took me a while to get rid of my own uh, internalized homophobia, right, and to see you know feminine men as uh, sexual beings and things like that but that's that's definitely coming to my repertoire in my life you know in the last couple of years but it did take me a while to get there but i don't want to make it sound like my sole pursuit is just like these ungettable straight guys right right? (laughs) um but i just again to me it's just so interesting that you hear so many of them on your show but like you don't get that flip yeah yeah that was my my late 20s you know there is one story it wasn't sexual but i just think it's it's just sort of like apropos to like how many of them there are out there in the world where I I was at a job and I hired a woman and she was specifically in town because her husband was going to grad school in in the city that I'm in. And there were enough signals that I kind of picked up on the fact that he wasn't completely straight. Um, And I remember we were at like a happy hour and I started playing footsies with him and he definitely was into it. And then he went to the bathroom and I went to the bathroom and I, you know, confronted him and we didn't do anything sexual, but it was just so hot to like, like 
say like, I see you. I know who yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? You can't hide from me. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, it was a turn on, and, and, you know, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, a, like, I'm going to tell her or anything like that. But it was definitely one of those moments of like, I know exactly who you are. Right? <laughs> like, you're not going to be able to pretend to be this person that you're pretending to be everyone else, uh, like everyone else at the party. Yeah. So by that point, you yeah. are kind of like a professional. You could spot those guys out. I brought, I'm sure he could yeah. probably pull the wool over most people's eyes, but it's because you know that guy, quote unquote. Now you yeah, know, right? When you see one. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, there's, there's always a chance that you're wrong, right? Yeah. You have to play it carefully because you don't want to, you know, offend anybody or put anybody in, in an awkward position. But like this guy, you just kind of knew, like, just, I don't know how else to explain it. I just yeah. have like a gut instinct that he was, uh, you know, a submissive. So that I think was like, as that story is happening, as I'm starting to realize like, oh, like I can like, this can be a thing, right? <laughs> like, this is, yeah. and I started to read just more of like the BDSM community and, and understand, you know, how, what being a good and caring, you know, Dom is about, right? Because it sounds really selfish. It sounds like it's all about you, but really you want to make sure that you're creating a safe space for these people to act out their, their need to submit. And I've never done it like professionally in terms of getting paid, but I definitely take it seriously. Like I don't take people on who I think aren't in a good mental state, right? Because this is varsity level shit. You know, I try to avoid people who, you know, aren't clear on what their limits are mm-hmm. because, you know, what seems perfectly fine to you could be fucked up to that person, right? And then could be traumatizing. So, you know, I'm very explicit of like, my favorite is when they're like, oh, I don't have limits. I'm like, yeah, I was talking to a dude a couple of weeks ago who wants me to shit in the toilet and then he's going to lick the rim after I flush it. I'm oh. pretty sure you have limits, oh right? <laughs> like, oh like, I'm goodness. pretty sure you have limits. Yeah. And I think you need to be clear about what they are because everyone's version of what is dirty is completely different. Yeah. You know, and then I hit my 30 and sort of fully realized as who I was and an interesting thing happened is that like you know I became a quote-unquote daddy in the gay community which is again not related to pedophilia it's just a it is a term that's used widely in the community to sort of describe older men you know that younger guys might be into younger legal guys might be into I want to be careful about that because I know you have a straight audience and they may not hear that term daddy a lot well I guess maybe TikTok might be changing. Yeah, you know, I like bit. to explain. Uh, no, but it's good to explain because a lot of people don't know. They might yeah. hear it, but they still don't know what it means, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's when I started to get like the dancer who was just this like beautiful kid. Now, he was gay, but he was into like wedgies and things like that. And I mean, just if you want, you think athletes are hot, dancers are the route to go when it comes to beautiful bodies. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just gorgeous. And he, like, his big thing was getting wedgied, and that was, like, his, his thing. He loved to just be, you know, he would have tidy whities on, and, like, you could put him up against a doorknob. He had, like, special equipment for it. So it's like I'm starting to get into, like, all of these different kinks, but I'm also starting to, like, find a group of, like, you know, mid-20s guys who, you know, are into older dominant men mm-hmm. at this point. And, you know, like, there was a kid who ended up being a finance bro up in New York, but he was really big into chastity. So, like, his big thing is that he would, you know, have me have his key and he would be going into work every day with all these high-powered finance bros and nobody would know that he was uh, uh, locked, locked up, up like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, to, and to your point about, like, 
that build up, those chastity guys are really into that, right? So yeah. that like, all right, I'm going to stay locked for as long as possible. And it's just going to be the drive. Like he wouldn't suck a dick unless he'd been locked for at least a week. Right. Wow. He just wasn't into it until he'd been locked for that long. So it started to open my world to like, Oh, there's all these different kinks out there mm-hmm. that are, that are super interesting. So did a lot of that in my thirties, <laughs> started to get the gear, right. Started to really understand what it means. Like do a lot of the research of what it means to be a good dom and you know i think for a while i always struggled with the idea of like well these guys have girlfriends or they're married or something like that but i honestly believe that it's like a if you do it right it can be a relatively healthy outlet for these guys to get something that they're never going to get in in their relationships you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a hard kind of a thing because you know what do you say to the guy, you know, I I think society has to change first before you're going to get people, you know, men being super open about that part of their life, because I think Mm -hmm. it changed for women a long time ago. It changed in my lifetime for women. I remember when it became like cool for girls to hug up with girls, you know, now any girl Mm -hmm. sort of cops to it, but I don't think that has happened yet. I think we're getting way closer to that for guys, but I still think there's such a stigma attached, but I don't think, you know, once it became really popular for women to hook up with women, there was all these girls that were like, I fucking have a girl crush. And it was so you're, you start to realize like, wow, there's a lot more people out there that are not totally straight than we thought but women you know and they they tend to think that it doesn't it's that's not the same with guys you know and I have yeah. I've heard really ridiculous reasons for that like no it's more natural for a girl to be attracted to a girl but not for a guy it's like are you fucking kidding me like what's the yeah. difference yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's just as many men out there it's just yeah. that it's not okay so they're not out there saying yeah I got a guy crush it's just not yet because yeah. it's not accepted it's not accepted out there in society well and it's funny because like look i am i am very obviously i'm a gay man so i'm very pro-gay right like yeah. and very liberal but i think one of the things that we're just correcting for with like this younger generation is that after the gay liberation you sort of had to make a choice yeah. right because before there was no such thing as gay like in quote-unquote polite society it just didn't, yeah. you, it wasn't a thing people dealt with. so once being gay became okay then there was like well if i'm not gay i have to be straight Right. Right. And there was no sort of in between. I think that is just something in the last couple of years we're starting to see lighten up, which, to be quite honest, was always a thing. Right. But there were always guys who were into different um, sort of scales of it. But I think, you know, we're just sort of course correcting where it's like, no, you could be a guy who did something in college and that's okay. Or you could be a guy who is only into this particular thing when it comes to being with a guy that doesn't make you gay, right? Right. Like it makes you mostly straight. The other thing that I think is crazy, and I think this is just pure like sexism is like a lot of these guys are like, oh, my wife would never be into that. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like you should maybe ask her. She might be kinkier than you think. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Um, So that I think is always interesting that I think is going away now. Like, you know, people are talking about pegging on the internet like it's getting a Starbucks coffee, right? So <laughs> are they? That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I'll women, put out I a think pegging a lot of women, in, uh, not, episode. 
Yeah, I think a lot of women are, you know, much more confident in putting a strap on and fucking their husbands yeah. and knowing that doesn't make their husband gay, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. I think that's what's most important, and that would be the block in the past. There was a lot of that, like, oh, what does it mean? And like you said, so that's why I always say, like, you know, a lot of people my age, because I'm older than you, are like, oh, these fucking labels. And I'm just like, no, they're actually great because they really yeah. help people realize, like, where they sort of fit in. Because when you just say there's two things, like you said before, like once the, you know, there was that gay liberation, it's like, okay, maybe I could go over there. But if you're not heterosexual or you're not gay, then where, what are you? Then you have mm-hmm. to sort of cop to one and you can't, all that exactly. stuff in the middle doesn't exist, but it does. And so those labels yeah. do help. They help the straight guy that just mm-hmm. wants to suck a dick sometimes because it's like fucking hot in the moment, but it doesn't mean that you're mm-hmm. gay. And I think, you know, I had a, a guy come on once who was like, you know, he went viral on TikTok because that's exactly what he said and he explained it and he's got a PhD in sexology like that's mm-hmm. what he does you know and he's uh mm-hmm. and it really made a lot of sense because I can't tell you early on if you go listening in my episodes when I talk to some of these guys that were sucking dicks on the side and I'd be like no you're bi like you're bi like and yeah. be like you're bi and I no if you like a like that means you like men and they'd be like no I don't like men and I'd argue it and it, it really I learned as I went along that I was totally wrong that no there you can yeah. be completely heterosexual but sometimes like to suck a dick and then you can be heteroflexible like there's all different things you can be yeah and it's funny because I, I, because I came to your podcast late, it's yeah. interesting to mark your progression there. Yeah. So I have listened to some of those older ones and I'm like, oh, that's not right. And then like yeah. a couple more podcasts in, I'm like, okay, she's getting it now. Right? Yeah. Like, I learned as I went thing. along. Yeah, I, I was totally wrong. Yeah. I didn't know what bisexual meant. I didn't know, you know, but like you have to, I'm a, like a fucking old person that like grew up in these times where these <laughs> things didn't exist. And I didn't know, you know, when I'm learning and that's why I feel like yeah. older people should be open to these things because they would learn like I did that there are yeah. these different things and I think it really helps people like those guys that are coming to you really grasp who they are and where they belong and where they fit in instead of thinking like oh my god they're so dirty or they're wrong or they're, it's bad exactly. you know or it means something yeah. different that they can't accept and it took me a while like you know like I've had guys who only just want to uh, clean my house for me right that's oh, all that's a good get I mean, look, I can tell you right now, like, if you are a woman who can be at all dominant, yeah. do it. Because you will, you will have, like, <laughs> so many guys out there who are willing to do just about anything for you. Um, so my one piece of advice to that woman who's thinking about it is to go out there and do it. Because, yeah. you know, there are a lot more straight men out there that are into this than there are, you know, bi or gay or heteroflexible men. that are, My pool is much smaller than yours. So you can have a guy cleaning your apartment in an hour. Yeah, I had, a, I had one of those that called in on the DL and he... You know, but it was a guy who really loved yeah. to be forced to clean someone's apartment. And I was kind of thinking mm-hmm. in my head, like, oh, my God, I like pay somebody to come to my house. Like I could boss someone around <laughs> clean up <laughs> and yell at yeah. them when they and didn't he, do a good job. You. I'm not bossy. <laughs> yeah, and he might end up paying you. Yeah, Is that it took me a while to realize that like, OK, like and then this was just something I had to learn because yeah. you know, I'm. Like, you know, I'm a gold star gay, right? Like, I haven't even seen a vagina in my life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, so it took me a while to be like, this guy's not into you in the way that you're thinking, and that's okay. Yeah. Right? Because you're still getting a clean house. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so that's when I say, like, no one is going to be anyone's one. You're never going to find a person that meets all of those, like, things that you're into. And it's like, 
all right, this can be our relationship, right? Like he can, I can put my foot on his head while he's scrubbing my, uh, scrubbing <laughs> my kitchen floor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, that's what turns yeah, you mean, on. Yeah. For me, it's the power exchange, right? Yeah. Again, for me, it's that, that playing with that idea of like, this is the, you spent your entire life like investing in this image of who you are, but really behind the scenes, this is who you really are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, and again, that's what turns me on in this specific situation, right? Like yeah. if I was in like more of like a gay, gay male, gay male relationship, it'd be different, right? But it's like this idea that like you are living this life and, you know, it just fascinates me that there's these men out there who have these desires and yet, you know, for lack of a better word, don't have the balls to live their lives, mm-hmm. you know, freely, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's some deep, uh, deep rooted thing in me that just sort of like turns, turns me on. And maybe it's because like, that's like, those were like your early experiences with men. I mean, yeah, isn't that, know, wasn't that funny. the dynamic that started it all for you? So why wouldn't you be wired that way for that to be the top of the mountain? Cause that, that's like who you were from the get go. Yeah. So it's funny because I was just this morning listening to your most recent podcast and you were, you asked the same question to that person. I was like, is this, you know, is this your first sexual experience? And I had a question, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a chicken or egg situation. Yeah. Like, is yeah. it that I grew up in a situation where like there was all these hyper masculine men around and everyone was sort of playing at being a quote unquote man, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we were all young and didn't know what that meant. And that's what I was attracted to. Or is it because I started having sex with those types of guys and that's how it developed. Right. Yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't know. I, I do neither. think it might've been a little bit, bit of the, the first one where it's like, no, I kind of grew up in a world where like hyper masculinity was valued yeah. a little bit more. And I think that sort of set my head and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just, yeah, it's, just, it's it is. My, uh, it just sort of set my head down that path and I had to unlearn, right. To have healthy gay relationships. I had to unlearn a lot of that. Oh, interesting. But it still mm-hmm. exists. Yeah, it still existed me as a kink. I'm not gonna lie, you know. Yeah, I wonder because I, you know, I always say like I'm, I don't know anything really. I'm just like, you know, when I give my mm-hmm. opinions, and I like to do that, and I like to make those, you know, analysis and bring it back to something. And I do think we wired ourselves something in certain ways, but I, I never think it's that simple because we, everyone's like a concoction, you know. So you could have had yeah. those kind of scenarios, but if you were you know, I know you don't like to say beta alpha, but if you were a more submissive person, maybe it, you would have had those experiences, but it wouldn't have connected. You wouldn't have connected so much, but like everything about you on top of those experience, then it, you know, it became like your thing. So I think there's so much more to it. I would yeah. need like an expert here, like Esther Peril. Or that. I, love her. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think it's so complicated, the soup that makes up who we are sexually. And I do think, like, we talk a lot about sexuality, like gay versus straight. We talk a lot about gender and and that being sort of fictional. But I do think there's also sort of like a sexual role sort of aspect to this, right? Like, I am the the top or I am the bottom in the gay community or I am the sub or I am the dom or whatever, whatever. Like, I think some of that also is, you know, nurture. Some of that is um, nature. But I, you know... I just think that we don't talk about that aspect of like, again, not loving the words, but for lack of a better word, like, are you a beta? Are you like, do you, do you draw your pleasure in giving service or do you draw your pleasure in taking it? And I think there's a whole conversation about that. Let me ask you this now, when guys, when you meet guys, how are you meeting them now? Like, do you have an ad somewhere? Do they, you know, and, and then my next question I want you to explain is like, what is that process of them? You know, you becoming their dom. Yeah, so I've gotten much more rigorous just out of learning, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, 
I'm at a point in my life where I don't necessarily just need the quick fuck, right? right. I really want to work on developing submissives and, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out what really makes them work. So, you know, the, the normal places, you've got your double list, you've got your grinder, sniffies, right? You've got those places. And the thing that I have learned that works for me is I just put it all out there. And I just say, yeah, these are the things I'm, I have tried before that interest me that I'm okay doing. I'm not saying we have to do those things, but those are things that I've tried that I'm interested in, that I enjoy doing. And it quickly weeds out a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> because like, there's a lot of people out there who think they're in the kinky stuff until you, like I said, tell them about the guy who wants to lick toilet. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and so it weeds out a lot of people because a lot of guys are like, oh, I'm just into rough sex. And I'm like, well, that's cool, but that's really not where I want to go. So that's the first step. The other step is I make them do tasks that sort of bring them out of their sort of like jerk off gooning sort of mindset. Because when you're talking to a lot of these guys, especially if you're talking to them in real time, you know, a good chunk of them don't have any intention of ever meeting, right? They're just trying to get themselves off real quick. So like, you know, do things like make them take pictures of themselves holding a piece of paper with today's date, right? Just something that's like, can you comply to a task that's not about you beating your meat while we talk, you know? Right. And then from there, you know, I, I, I did have a questionnaire at one point. I made them fill out. That could be useful or not. But I try to, like, ask a lot of questions, understand where exactly their mindset is, and also understand where their commitment is, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a guy who can do this once every six months, and there's a guy who wants to do it every day. And you need to sort of understand what you as a dom can commit to mm-hmm. and what you're willing to deal with, right? I'm less willing to deal with the guy who, like, gets his jollies off, and then I don't hear from them for a year, right? Those yeah. aren't the type of guys I want to deal with. But I also don't want to deal with the guy who wants to be over my house every day, you know? Yeah, someone <laughs> so, in the middle is perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, balancing that out yeah. is helpful. And then, honestly, it goes about what role, what sort of itch do they scratch for me? Like if I have a guy who's into X, do I need another guy who's into that? Right. Mm -hmm. Like if I have a guy who's into chastity and I'm working with him on his chastity, do I need another chastity guy? Or do I need a guy to come scrub my kitchen floor? And again, like I'm making it sound like this happens every day. It doesn't, but that's really, really where where it does happen. So it starts, it does happen. Right. Like, so most recently I, Probably the closest thing I've ever had to like what I would call an affair. I had a guy in his early 30s who was married, and we would meet up about once a month in a hotel room. But we would talk every day. I would make him do tasks. And it got to a point where I had to break it off just because it was less of a BDSM thing and more of like an affair situation. And I just didn't, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable with that, which I know is, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll just put it out there. The funny thing is, the last time I saw him, this is a true story. I was coming home and I had to, he, we were, we split the difference. So I was out in the burbs and I had to go to the bathroom. So I was like, let me just go to this Lowe's. And I go into Lowe's, I go to the bathroom with only the attention to pee. And there was this hot guy in like his fifties who was obviously cruising, married. I left because I wasn't interested in hooking up at the Lowe's. He follows me out. He pulls his car up next to mine. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm looking to suck some dick. And we end up going to a garage in like a parking lot, not too far from that place. And he blows me right then and there. And it was like, I hadn't done sort of like a random outdoor hookup like that yeah. since college. <laughs> you know, but I it was have so- heard that Home Depot, that's the thing. So what's the difference? Yeah. Lowe's, Home Depot, same shit. I think yeah, that there's like a thing going on in the bathroom at those places, no? Yeah, like I was much less risk averse 
in when I was younger, right? So like hooking yeah. up in a bathroom, those would have been hot for me when I was in my twenty five, uh, when I was in my twenties. But at this point, it's just not. You know, it's. I think you can get deeper, more fulfilling sexual experiences when you get take the time to learn the sub and understand like really what drives them versus yeah. just like fucking dude's face in a bathroom stall. Now again. No shame in your game if that's what you're into. It's just not where my head is right now. No, you obviously are, you know, a part of your concoction. And I could just tell by the, the way you talk about everything is, you know, you you like all those layers and the psychology behind it and everything. I mean, that, you know, I think, listen, there are some people that, ju- you know, that's all they need and they could get off on that kind of quick quickie kind of scenario but for you like I said I could tell just by the way you talk and I could get in a conversation about stuff with you your brain is you need more you know and that's why this whole thing exists for you you know and it's perfect yeah and I will like it took me a while to sort of like understand what I needed from these guys versus Mm -hmm. what I would need from a man who was gay and you know interested in a relationship and it took me a while to realize that those two things could exist and be okay you know in my life, right? I, I yeah. have this drive to work with these type of submissive men, mm-hmm. um, but they're never necessarily going to be my primary partner, and that is okay. I have places for that elsewhere in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is interesting, and that's no different than what you try to tell these guys that come that, you know, maybe it's the same thing for them, like those married guys. Yeah. Like, it's okay to be that person at home with your wife and that other part of you. You know, they could exist separate, and they are separate things. Isn't that what you kind yeah. of explain to them as well? Yeah, you know, in that you have to own them both, right? You yeah. can't pretend, like you said, you can't resist it and just hope it goes away. You yeah. have to sort of own them both. Otherwise, they're going to own you, right. right? And I see that a lot where, again, you just see people going down these rabbit holes. And I'm like, yeah, this is, you're not, you're not doing this in a way that makes sense, at least in my opinion, right? Yeah. That is be healthy for you because they're not uh, you know out and open about it and then so that's what really makes those kinds of scenarios worse and then because they're not willing to maybe accept it when you have that acceptance there the flow is much better and then you know i think it's just expressed in a in a more healthy way but you could see it when it's not being expressed in a healthy way so you know how to weed that out now in your yeah. process well, it's never a perfect it's never a perfect situation but yeah <laughs> you're still to. learning yeah well, because you get to places where people are trying things they've never tried before yeah and you don't know how they're going to respond to that mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. like i i had one guy who thought he was really into cock and ball torture because that's all he jerked off to yeah and then we tried it and he had an emotional breakdown oh, right wow. and i you know you have to deal with that. Uh, if you're going to be a good dom, you have to be able to be prepared to at least get that person to a place where they can leave your house and not be a, a mess. Oh, you know wow. Yeah. 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 And so, like, that's kind of why I always, like, I, like, I hate these Twitter doms to a certain extent because uh-huh. they're not providing the space for these people to try these things in a way that's healthy. But, yeah, so... I think your point about acceptance is important. I don't necessarily know if you need to be out about it. I, yeah. I'll leave people make those decisions. But exactly. the ones that I've found who've been the most successful accept that this is a part of their lives and, you know, try to find ways to express it. Yeah, exactly. Because maybe they're partnered. I don't know. I mean, do you find that with these guys, you know, that you do develop some sort of relationship where, or is it maybe even a part of the subdom relationship where they do tell you, about their, you know, feelings about what they do and their marriage and all that kind of stuff. I mean, is there that kind of talk? Yeah, I mean, I think I always encourage people to be as open and honest with me as possible because right. I can't 
I can't part of like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. Part of it is for me getting in your head, like, you like understanding that. how you, yeah, how mm-hmm. you work. But also like, I don't think you can be a good dom and not know uh, uh, at least some things about the person you're working with. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, there's all sorts of sort of landmines that yeah. if you're not aware of, you can sort of jump on. And, you know, this is, this is shit that will, can fuck people up if, you're, if it's done in a bad way. So I try to encourage people and I try to look for people who are more open. That's not necessarily that they're telling me everything. Like, I don't need social security numbers yeah, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah at least open with where they are mentally and, and how they can address it. Right. Um, and you know, some of them like to sort of go onto that edge of like almost involving their wives. Like I've had guys who I've had, like I'll give orders to like fuck their wives, but not actually orgasm, mm-hmm. right. So, like fake an orgasm or like only eat their wife out. And some of them are like, yeah, that's off limits. It's not a part of my life that I really want to be mixed with this. And it works Either way, just depending on the guy's willingness to, again, acknowledge that this is a part of their life and not just something they do randomly and then they, they disconnect from. Right. How many guys do you typically have in rotation? I mean, it varies. Oof, <laughs> right? said, like, is that a lot? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I try to keep it small, right? Like yeah. I try to keep it to two to three that I'll be working with. Um, and again, that's not every day or every week, yeah. but like two to three and, you know, at any given time. In person and then a couple online if I have the time to do that. It really just depends on the type of submission they're into, right? Like mm-hmm. how much time does it take in my day? How much time does it take in their day? Yeah. Can we make that happen? Ideal world, I would have, you know, three to five that I work with regularly that each, you know, played a particular role in serving me, right? But, yeah. you know, that's that's the fantasy. <laughs> How about your like your gay friends? Do, how do they and uh, you know do you do they know about this lifestyle? And if they do, how do they how do they feel about it? Are they like jealous because you're living that dream that like a lot of gay guys have, where you know you're fucking a lot of straight guys, you know? And because that is kind of like the stereotypical gay guys fantasy. Am I right? You know, like <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah, but I would say this like you know. Gay men have a lot of sex, not because they're gay, but because they're men. Exactly. Right? Yes. Um, totally. I, I stole that from one, some one of the, another podcaster who says that. But like, so my point is that like, if a gay man wants to have sex with a quote unquote straight man, they're yeah. going to have sex with a quote unquote straight man. Yeah. So the guys that in my circle that want to do that, they're going to do it. I think that there probably aren't as many who are interested in the, the BDSM or uh, Dom sub stuff. Yeah. The way that I am. So I don't think there's a lot of jealousy. I think that the guys who want to actively, you know, have, live that fantasy, they can do it to whatever extent that they want. And the guys yeah. who don't, they're fine. Like I have gay friends who like, they're not messing with anyone DL, anyone straight. Like they own, they prefer out proud people to have sex yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh-huh. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that's pretty healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, yeah. Like, it's, there's no judgment. Uh, yeah. At least none that we've ever talked about. Yeah, but what I love about you, and we're going to wrap it up now, but I lo- what I love about you is that, you know, sometimes when I have like BDSM, so somebody that's into BDSM come on and talk some people, I, I see a lot of comments on YouTube, you know, so that's where I get this kind of information from. But like people, like you start sort of going after it as if it's like really dark or people that aren't into it really, you know, can't understand it. And I've had other doms on that. Maybe there was some sort of, 
iffy question of whether like not if it is it consensual but like maybe this person seems a little dark or how you know is this healthy or not healthy there's that fine line you know um but what i love about you is that you uh i don't think that there's a question about that with you everything seems very clear very consensual very quote unquote healthy in the way that you do things and operate and exist in this. And I think that that's great because before we spoke, I'll be honest, like I said, you know, you have these things like you're 14 and you're getting guys to fucking blow you. Like I don't do any, you know, I didn't know you at the time, you know, I'm just getting on. I said ahead of time, like I don't do anything that isn't consensual. Like I don't like to go there. I don't like to have those kinds of conversations. I don't like fucking grooming or whatever those words or any kind of that kind of stuff on my show. I like it to be sex positive. And I do think that you, you know, present that way. And I think that that's great. That's a really great, you know, voice in the BDSM community for people to hear so they could know that it is not dark and can be done the right way. And this does go on, you know, and I just think yeah. it's great that you called so, in and explained that. No, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I would just say that, like, I think like all things, there are people who take advantage of it and they, yes. you know, who, who are just shitty doms. They're yes. just, for lack of a better word, they're just shitty doms. And unfortunately, the internet is full of them. Yeah. And so I can get why some people can draw those conclusions. I also think that there's a lot of sex negativity going on in yeah. that, right? And people just think, oh, piss play, that's, that's dirty. And yeah. it's like, well, like, I, there's one word that you use a lot that I don't really love is deviant because it's like... Do I? I that must have been early. No, that was <laughs> well, early episodes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it may have been like the last podcast. I don't know. No. But my point is that like... It, how many points, how many guys do I have to run in who like to get pissed on when it's no longer deviant and it's just a part of sex that some people are into and some people are not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? I don't think and I use that word, but I have to edit that out. But I don't really think, <laughs> do I use that word a lot? I don't really look at things like that. Deviant I use? It, it, I, I think you used it in the last particular podcast. I don't even think it was you. I think it was the guy who called it. Oh, in. okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not putting this on you. It was yeah. just, it was, my point is just like, you know, we call these things abnormal and yet you're sitting here and you're looking at all these, like, look at people's Google searches. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, look, look at what people, what porn people watch and you're like, is it abnormal or is it just that you're not comfortable doing it? Yeah, you know? totally. And what's abnormal to one person or comfortable to the other? I mean, it's all very different. I always felt like, you know, I could be, you know, I think like how you feel after afterwards about what you do you know, is the way you figure out what's okay and right for you. And that line is different for everybody. Exactly. And that's what's most important at the end of the day. You know, if I have a lot of things that I'm into and I do it in a way that is right for me, then it feels one way. But if I go out and do it in a different way and it, it feels dirty and wrong, you know, or some something's not right afterwards, I don't yeah. feel right, then that's not right. You know, and I think that that's, like I said, different for everybody. Everybody makes up those kinds of situations. But that's what's most important. It's like, how do you feel afterwards? How, you know, how do you wrap your head around it? If it's a really negative thing and you feel like it's like you said, like that guy is leaving your house and they're like a fucking mess and have a mental breakdown, then that was a place maybe they shouldn't have gone. And you you really exactly. try to make sure that doesn't happen and that you're really doing it the right way. And I that's what I love about you, like I said, because I think like anything, you know, whether like I think I said this recently too to someone else, like whether you're getting your hair cut or you're getting your leg operated on or you're, you know, meeting with the dom, most people suck at their jobs. Okay. <laughs> that's just a, it's 
the way that it goes, okay? So most, point, yeah. yeah, most people, and any profession, whether even in this, okay, most, you know, you're going to, like you said, the Twitter is full of garbage. Well, you know, hair salons are full of people that can't fucking cut hair, okay? It's just yeah. across the board. So it's hard to find those people in the top 10%, but they exist. You're one of them. That's why I loved talking to you. I didn't know if you were going to be one of them before, but I wanted to make sure, you know, because it is a thing but I love your story and I'm so glad that you called in and we're going to put it out there now I don't know if you want to give a shout out like because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to find this episode and they're going to be like I want to talk to Scott or I want to work with Scott or even just you know because I feel like you could maybe really help people psychologically with where they're at or what they're into you know and I just wonder do you want to give a shout out that people could contact you or do you want to not open up that door because I don't know I feel like if some people might be contacting me like how do I talk to Scott yeah I mean I I could give you an email address I don't have a problem with that okay give it why don't you give it out because I feel like there'll probably be a lot of people in the DL that are going to want to contact you it's easier if they contact you directly you know and I just I think that you know that might be helpful for them and maybe for you you get some clients I don't know but even you know so why don't you give out an email yeah so it's n-e so uh n-e dom so n-e-d-o-m two five nine at gmail.com okay so n as in nancy e as in edward n e yes and then d as in dick (laughs) o m (laughs) two five nine (laughs) two five nine All right. Awesome. I bet you you're going to get hit up for sure. Thank you so much for calling in. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I loved it. Bye. All right. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.